Hey, welcome back to Noob School. This is where you come to hear stories, sometimes interesting stories, and anecdotes from folks that have crushed it in sales. These are people who have started in sales and they've gone on 10, 15, 20 years later and look where they are now. And we're backing them up to where they started. You know, how did they get their start? What good decisions did they make? What not so good? What would they do different? It seemed the things that you could learn as you figure out your path forward. And today I've got, I would say, one of the best examples of that in terms of becoming successful and charting his own path is my my longtime friend, Reed Wilson. Reed, welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Glad to be here. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. So, again, I have known Reed for how long? Uh, 22, 23, 23 20, years. 23 years. Yeah. So, you know, we, we know each other by now. We know that, you know, it's no funny business. No, that's you right. Know, Absolutely. Kind of kind of know each other. So I know the answer to some of these questions, but I'm going to ask you for everyone's benefit. Tell okay. us, I know you were, I'm sure you were at the Citadel, and that would have been, when would you have graduated? 1999. 99? Mm-hmm. Whew, Okay. And I know that you were, of the 2,000 cadets on campus, you were the, the number one cadet. That's correct. That's pretty strong. Well, I mean, I was probably at the bottom of the barrel, and they just chose from the bottom of the barrel. Who knows? <laughs> they got it upside down. <laughs> right, exactly. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, I do know this. I know that you were uh, an English major, mm-hmm. and that they did, that did, that was helpful that you knew how to express yourself and to speak, because at that time, with all the stuff going on at the school, that they wanted someone who could talk to the press and be comfortable on camera. That's right, yeah. When I was there, uh, my senior year was the first year we had uh, women really in all four classes. Right. Um, uh, Nancy Mace, who, who yeah. uh, now is in government, um, was class of 2000, but she actually graduated with my class mm-hmm. in 1999. So charted some uh, interesting times yeah. during my four years at the Citadel, right. for sure. Interesting, interesting. Well, it's a great experience. And just a quick side note, I mean, the year before – you were probably near the top of the junior class, and so you were new the the top the regimental commander before. And I was trying so hard to to get that guy on board. Mm-hmm. Do you keep up with him? Uh, I do, as a matter of fact. Do you tell him I, I do. Tell him I said I will. Hell. <laughs> well, I won't he, tell him that. He should have come on board. <laughs> but I tried. So he's an hard. attorney now. Can you he's believe an that? Attorney, yeah, well, he's probably going to sue me. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I wanted the number one guy on board. Mm-hmm because we were hiring so many people from that school. Right. And I thought if I get the top person, gosh, I'll get, you know, a lot more will come with them. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being an attorney, which is, is fine. I'm sure he's, he's doing fine. But the weirdest thing was I spent hours trying to get him. He finally goes the other way. I don't know how much longer it was I get a call out of the blue mm-hmm. from this guy, from Reed. Right. This is Reed Wilson. You know, I'm a rising senior at the Citadel uh, I'll let it come work for you. Right. <laughs> I'm like, why? He's like, well, I heard all those phone calls, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I was I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, and um, I thought about law school because that's what seemed like everybody was doing and and made sense. And um, but I knew I wanted to get back to Greenville, and I'd heard great things about DataStream. And in fact, um, Alan Gant. I don't know if you remember yes. Alan or not. Uh, Alan was influential on me when I was uh, when I was in school at Citadel. I knew he was there, and I knew he had done amazing things in a very short period of time. Went on to run our, our office in France, if I yeah. remember correctly. 
Um, and so I wanted to crack at it, and uh, and that's why I made the call. So he was a year. Or two? He was three years ahead of me. Three years ahead he was a senior when I was a freshman. He was fourth battalion commander. Fourth battalion commander. Yeah. Only guy from Cat Square, in North Carolina, that could speak French, as far as I know. Yeah. And probably English as well. Sorry think, to any Cat Square. Uh, I think he listeners. also went over to. Uh, like Singapore, right? Correct. Asia for a while. Correct. He was in Singapore. He was the managing director of Singapore and moved me to Australia. I don't know if yeah. you remember that, oh, yeah. but I was 22 and living in downtown Melbourne, Australia, working for DataStream. 22. 22, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really made some questionable decisions. Well, I don't know about that one. That was probably, uh, and, and I lived across the street from the largest casino in the Southern Hemisphere at age yeah. 22. Let that sink in for yeah. just a minute. Well, it, it, it worked out. In your it case, did. it worked out. It didn't always work out. Uh, sending people out too early. <laughs> right, for sure. Um, I'm not for sure how w- well it worked out when they sent me to Holland for a year. <laughs> but <clears throat> anyway, we'll call that a gap year, I we, think. We all made it. <laughs> we all made it. <laughs> so you told us you were thinking about law school. You knew someone who worked with us. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of an example. You knew a little bit about the story. You heard me tell that the other regimental commander before you. Um, but then you did, in fact, come work with us, and you started in sales. Tell us about... about kind of how that went at the beginning um well i would say just being totally transparent it didn't go great mm-hmm. um uh i did i had no formal sales training uh i probably had some misconceived expectations around what the job actually entailed mm-hmm. um and i remember i remember being in my office at data stream literally day one uh, and I, I remember seeing you. You you welcomed me, but then I I was quickly uh, uh, released. And um, <laughs> it was here's your phone, and here's your uh, here's your customer management software. We sell maintenance software. Here's your customers. Good luck. Mm-hmm. And uh, early on, um, uh, and one of the things I really valued about my time at DataStream, I think, was it was uh, you've got to, you've got to make your own way, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I saw some folks come through there that that built a ton of success by just getting in there and trying to figure it out and, and surrounding themselves with people who had been successful. Mm-hmm. And I also saw some people that just crushed, you know, they just crushed underneath the pressure. Right. And um, early on, I was crushed just mm-hmm. being really transparent because mm-hmm. I'm not one that reaches out for help. Mm. And I learned very early on that to be successful, you've got to reach out to help, reach out for help. And um, if I can make a quick plug, uh, Landy Wingert was somebody yeah. who uh, he was he was very very influential early on for for me and somebody that I leaned on very heavily. Yeah, well that's great that's great. I think we talked about this a little bit before, but I think part of my philosophy was bring bring on the best people you can get, and then put them out there yeah. and let them kind of learn from each other and see, you know. But I also think that was partly just lazy on my part. Mm. You know, I think maybe I it might have been lazy either. It might have been I just didn't have as much time as I wanted to do as much work. Right. Because I do think it's really important when noobs start out, you made it through the eye of the needle. You figured it out with some other people's help. But why not get, you know, like, basic training, Zig Ziglar training, Sandler training, noob school training, somebody that just takes you through and helps you, you know, t- with a jump start. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I also think that part of being successful in sales, especially as a noob, is um, if you become too reliant on training, mm-hmm. um, you almost become a little bit robotic. Mm. And um, from my seat and the folks that I've seen that have been successful in sales, uh, it, you've got to have a good mix, mm-hmm. right? You've got to be willing to to obviously get training and get help. But ultimately, training isn't everything. And at the end of the day, you got to put the work in. 
And if you really want to be successful in sales, especially early on, you have got to put the work in. And so few people are willing to put that work in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's how you started. It wasn't an easy start. And you went through some period of, not very long, but some period of time as an inside salesperson. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then you got your chance to go international. Mm -hmm. And, And basically our thought was we've got, you know, a very strong person here who is doing well in inside sales or well enough, and we trust them just to plop them down in another country and do the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Without Correct. anyone looking over your shoulder. Correct. So it wasn't like anything from my perspective that was weird. It was like instead of Reed sitting here and calling, you know, Missouri, and be sitting there and calling, you know, Australia. Correct. Exactly right. And it, it, and it worked out. It did work out. Yeah. And you did. Didn't you have one like five dollar? time when you put five dollars on something you want like a thousand dollars yes alan gant and i were uh he came down for a sales meeting we had to go see a, we really did we really had to go see a customer and uh my now my wife she was my girlfriend at the time came down to visit and uh you know i was 22 living in a foreign country i had a little bit of money but not a lot of money and i was trying to save and uh, Alan, Alan loved to gamble. He loved to go uh, play roulette. Yeah. And so we went across the street to the Crown Casino. I said, Alan, put five on 13. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go use the restroom. We'll be back in a minute. And, and that's, I had set aside $5. That's all I was going to play. And what do you know, it hit while I was gone. Yeah. And uh, when Shannon came and visited a couple of weeks later, we had a great time that's thanks to great. that $5. That's yeah, it was great. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's like 30 to 1. Odds, 35 to 1. 35. Yeah. Not, not that I've ever How played. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay, so after Australia, what happened? So I came back to the U.S., yeah. uh, ran our inside sales team, one of our inside sales teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, that was the West team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got the opportunity to run, run the West and the Midwest um, with uh, basically me having the left-hand side of the country and Michael Pace had the other side of the mm-hmm. country, uh, who's been on the show and has a great, been a great mentor to me as well. Um, or did that for quite some time and then got the opportunity to go into corporate sales mm-hmm. or outside sales mm-hmm. and gosh, did that for two or three years, uh, before the Infor acquisition, had a lot of fun in that outside sales role. Yeah. yeah. I had some of that fun with you. You did. We had a lot of fun together. We sure. had, uh, Texas, right? Was all, right. All yeah. of Texas. Most of Texas. Most of Texas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, when he got a big deal brewing after lots and lots of work, I would show up, you know, just for, you know, the dinner, you know, right. take the guys out to dinner or whatever. But uh, I know, uh, was it American Airlines? We did American Airlines there. We did Continental Airlines there. Yeah. We did uh, Dell, Dell Computers yeah. there in Texas. We, so we Dell, had to get So American, I mean, literally, it's just crazy. These guys from Greenville, you know, mm-hmm. these, these noobs from what, six years ago he was a noob. He's taking me... To meet the CIO of American Airlines yeah, that and, and been, the COO. That would have been uh, 2004 or five. So I would have yeah. been, how old would I have been? 27 at the time? 28 yeah, at the time? That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, the point, the point for me for the noobs starting out is, you know, once you're down this path, you know, if you apply yourself and you work hard and you're bringing value to a big company like American, if you identify, you know, where they need your software and how it's going to help them, they don't care how old you are. They don't. That's exactly right. And I, I don't think I ever really brought, like, personally, Reed Wilson ever brought a lot of value to any of those, or, those organizations. The one thing I did was listen mm-hmm. to what do you need. Yeah. And I think I was pretty good at marshalling the right resources right. Uh, at DataStream. Guys like Nelson Pinochet, Johnny Bafilios, Marty Osborne, um, guys who are way 50 times smarter than I'll ever mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. brought those folks to the table. 
Uh, so I didn't have to be the expert. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of noobs make the mistake they talk too much and they think they have to know it all. Right. And uh, you really, that's not the case. You just right. have to be really good at listening, understanding yeah. what the core issue is. You don't have to be the guy or the gal that solves that problem. You just got to bring the right people in the room. That's a great point. But again, 27 years old, and I'm a witness. I was there with him. American Airlines, CIO, COO, talking to us about, you know, what their maintenance problems are globally. Absolutely. And he closed them. And Continental and some others, but the, my favorite is Dell. That was a fun one. Dell, com fun Dell one. Computers. At the time, <laughs> Dell, you know, they're still a great company, but they were particularly a hot company mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. And Reed figured it all out. I mean, that the, they have they had seven big production facilities. They did. Yeah. And they had to pick software to, you know, provide maintenance software for, for all of them. Correct. And... I mean, it was a monster deal, multi-million dollar deal, and plus just the, the panache of having Dell. Having Dell, absolutely. And so I'm out there for the closing, the closing. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to tell this yeah, story. Yeah, the closing demo or whatever. It was like, it was like this is the last. They're going to look at us and look at the other guys and make a decision. I mean, I was so nervous. I went and did yoga that morning. Like no other appointments, no phone, just said, did my yoga. Put my client went out there, so I'm ready to go. You know, get in the taxi or whatever to go out there to deal with with Reed. He comes down. I'm wearing my best clothes, like a jacket, you know, gray <laughs> pants. He's wearing. It looks like it looks like he's selling something on TV or whatever. It's like a polka dot sweater. It was Check. Argyle. Thank Ar you very much. Argyle. It was Argyle. Argyle blue Argyle sweater. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing yeah. with that sweater? And you, I think he said. Don't worry about it. We got this one, yeah. right? Right. Well, it takes a lot of confidence. Yeah. You're showing a lot of confidence if you show up to that meeting with the Argyle sweater. Yeah, and he just crushed it. So, anyway. Well, I don't it know. was funny. I don't know if you're if – you, I think I've told you the story. But we flew back, and uh, we did the demo. Everything went great. And uh, the gentleman who was responsible for awarding – have I ever told you this story? Oh, okay. okay. He was responsible for awarding the contract. We la I land, and he, leaves, I, he left me a voicemail, and it was sounded really bad. He was like, Reed, call me when you can. It's like great, we lost this deal, and I, I remember I was walking down the you know the the gateway area there at Greenville Spartanburg, and I called him and he said, hey, I, you know, I just want to let you know that we've made a decision, and ultimately we've decided that anybody that's confident enough to wear an Argyle sweater <laughs> to a meeting that size yeah. deserves to win our business. Nice. So it worked out. It worked out in our nice. favor. Nice. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you need to take that, do whatever you want with it, okay? I'm not recommending the Argyle sweater, but it worked, It works for me. It worked for me, right. So let's go forward. We know that, you know, we eventually sold the company and a lot of us left. And you started a company. Mm -hmm. And what year was that? That would have been 2007. 2007. 14 so that's years ago. 14 years ago. So tell us about that company. Yeah, so uh, today I'm the CEO of Palmetto Technology Group. We're what's called a managed service provider. Um, we're based here in Greenville, all of our staff's here in Greenville, but we support companies really around the globe. Um, and so you would work with us if you don't want to have an IT staff mm -hmm. or you want us to supplement your IT staff. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we've been on the best places to work in South Carolina 10 years in a row, always in the top 10, uh, Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies. 
Um, got a lot of great people working, a lot mm-hmm. of great people doing um, doing some cool stuff there. Yeah. yeah. So known as PTG, right? Correct. PTG. Correct. Correct. And isn't it for people that are Microsoft centric? Yeah, so we're we're really more of what we would call a pure play Microsoft part uh-huh. partners. So uh, if you're trying to get your servers out of your server closet yeah. and get them up into the cloud yeah. into Azure, yeah. um, um, we really don't do anything in the Linux or Amazon space. We're really a, more of a pure play Microsoft partner. Four gold competencies, two silver. Nobody cares about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, really deep hooks. Been Microsoft uh, regional partner of the year a couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really deep hooks into that Microsoft ecosystem. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank That's you. 14 years with that company. And yeah. I've worked with the company and been a customer, <clears throat> and uh, you all do a great job. And there's nothing like getting your servers out of the closet, I can tell you. That's, that's I, a good thing. Yeah, I'm telling you, I hated having my own servers and having people twi- tweaking with them and all that stuff. So that's cool. And so, again, this is just part of the story <clears throat> for the noobs is you, you, you know, Prepared yourself as a leader, I would say, at the Citadel and, and kind of communicating, speaking with your English degree and decided to go in sales because you wanted kind of a business career. Correct. And that's the good place to start. Yep. But you wanted to do you wanted to do things beyond sales. You obviously want to have your own business. 100%. Yeah. So everything before that was kind of in preparation. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think selling... Um, gives you the opportunity to see all facets of the business, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you see accounting, whether you want to or not, right? right to get right. your deal done. Yeah. Uh, you see finance, you see support, uh, you see service delivery, mm-hmm. uh, you see marketing. And um, and ultimately, nothing happens inside a business until somebody sells something, right? And so I think a career in sales, um, regardless of where you want to end up, is a great launching pad um, uh, to really attune yourself and get tuned in to really all the different aspects and facets of a business yeah for sure yeah i agree so if you want to go into business it's a great place to start uh and heck who knows you might like it i mean we we all we both have friends that decide they don't want anything to do with managing they want to just have a number and make a lot of money and be left alone yeah well that's cool that's cool um well and i would say just if i can just add one thing to that i mean i think um i think selling in and of itself teaches you how to lead people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you're always, even even if you get out of a sales role, if you're in a leadership role, you're selling no matter what, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so the skills you can learn early on as to how to, how to be effective at that, uh, how to be, uh, how to have show integrity in that, how to get people to follow you well, I don't think you learn those skills as well in any other role. I think yeah. sales is, is just a great learning ground for that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Is there anything <clears throat> in your in your path to where you are now that you would have done differently, or maybe you'd say, "Hey, watch out for this or that" to the noobs? Oh, there's a lot I would say. Um, I, I, maybe there's two big things I would say. One is don't get lazy, mm-hmm. um, and especially when you start rolling, when mm-hmm. you really start getting deals in. I remember a, a very. You probably don't recall this, but we were in a large sales meeting. And, uh, and you called me out uh, in front of everybody, probably 200 salespeople in there. And I had a very large deal that I was counting on closing that fiscal, and it slipped by about three days. Mm. And we got in the next fiscal. And uh, I got lazy because I knew that deal was going to close, mm-hmm. um, but I ultimately ended up not hitting my number that year mm-hmm. um, because I was counting on that deal to close in that fiscal, and it didn't happen. Mm. So... Uh, you know, we're all guilty of sandbagging in sales. There's no doubt about that at all. But I would say really good learning, 
how to manage your pipeline well early in mm -hmm. your sales career yeah. is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, uh, you know, Satya Nadella at Microsoft said, uh, you know, we don't we, we don't want to be a bunch of know-it-alls. We want to be learn-it-alls. And mm -hmm. I think if you really want to kick ass in sales, you got to learn. You got to mm -hmm. learn your product. You yeah. got to learn your. Now you don't need to. You don't need to throw that up on your customers yeah. all the time. And that's yeah. the mistake a lot of noobs make. Is yeah. let me tell you all the things that we can do. Yeah. But you know, a lot of a lot of the things that I did early on that I should have should have done. Uh, uh, excuse me. Things that I shouldn't have done. Um, is is re rely too heavily on the product experts to mm -hmm. really understand the product, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I learned later that the more you know about the product, the better the better off you're going to be in that sales call. Yeah, great point, <clears throat> and I'll tell you, you know, it's it's a double edged sword because part of me wants to tell the noobs, don't wait till you know everything to go ahead and sell it, bring in the experts. Yeah, and and I probably did that for 25 years. You know, I mean, I just. I would always bring the help in and never, and I've said this before, <clears throat> I think you should aim to where, to where you really, you understand the problem. Mm -hmm. You can diagnose it, you can solve it, you know, so I totally agree with you. That's where you ought to be aiming. So, but you can start by just bringing in people. Yeah, definitely. And, um, but I think making sure that you've got good qualification skills. I mean, I remember, especially in a technical sale, right? If you brought in people too early and you hadn't really qualified that prospect, mm -hmm. you might lose access to some of those technical resources yeah. because they say, Hey, I don't know if I want to go on that sales call with Reed. I don't know if that's really, really, right. really a deal. So right. I would say if I'm a noob, I would make sure that you're thinking through, is this a qualified deal before I just start bringing people in? Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Well, you can think of, you want to pass on to the noobs? I mean, again, it, to, to me, it just comes back to learning. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that was one thing I think we did a really good job at, uh, at DataStream is, is sharing ideas um, with one another. Uh, we were always going through some sort of training, it, mm -hmm. it seemed like, uh, and, and fine-tuning our craft. And look, even today, I mean, I'm 44 years old, uh, running an organization. Uh, I go to training. I still go to sales training every single week. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, I, there was a time in my life when I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. and, and frankly, um, I lost out. Like I missed out on some opportunities. So I would say my the thing that I would add would be just because you're a noob doesn't mean that um, at some point you get to stop learning, right? Mm -hmm. you, you've, you've always got to be fine-tuning yeah. your craft, always. Yeah, I agree. It should be a, a steady stream the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, in everything that you're interested in, I would say. 100%, yeah. Um, so, Reed, what's your favorite word? Favorite word. Um, hmm. I would say my favorite word, I, I probably can't use the words that I use most frequently, uh, but my favorite, my favorite word, I think, is discipline. Um, I mean, if you follow Jocko at all, you know, discipline equals freedom. Yeah. I really think that's true. Um, we, we have a, a saying internally, I'm sure we stole it from somebody that uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really that comes down to discipline. And to be successful in sales is really not that hard. Mm -hmm. It's just getting a couple of key habits and attributes down, things you mentioned in the book, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and then being disciplined on those and yeah. carrying those through. Yeah. It is not that hard. Right. Um, and to be successful, you just, you just gotta have a ton of discipline and outwork the other folks. Yeah. Um, and most people, guess what? They just quit way too soon. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my favorite word. Discipline. I love it. Well, you're nice to uh, take a little time off this afternoon. Happy to be here. Come visit. And uh, always been one of my favorites. So 
thanks for being on the show. Congratulations to your success. Well, I owe a ton of it to you, and thanks for the opportunity, John. I'm glad you're not a lawyer. Me too. Amen. <laughs> Thank thanks, you, John. buddy. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right.